This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast and we're on the back of an absolutely Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday session that we're all over the place. We've got no idea where we are. We were in, I don't know if we're in a pub, we were in a bar, we are in outer space. Oh, Jesus, this is, just, this is just too much for us. But all I know is that we've managed to get together again on a Wednesday night, drinking beer and wine and all sorts of stuff and talking football once again after a pretty good results in Brentford. Saturday we went to Ipswich and we got a draw, away, a way draw against Ipswich. A couple of years ago that had been an absolutely teething tremendous result but we were a bit disappointed because we should have got the win out there but we didn't quite. Then we went to Forest and absolutely smashed them off the park, went 3-0 up and then we brought it back because we tapped it back a little bit so it looked tighter than it was 3-2 in the end. Great result for the Bees again. Really good set of away games for us. We thought it might be a bit tougher than it was but no, it wasn't. And now we're in the virtual joint again, hopefully for the last time, because we spent so long in the virtual joint bar. And um, we need to get out again. We need to get, you know, just get in and around London because we've seen too much of the virtual joint recently. So anyway, but we're all here together. I'm Billy Grant and I'm in the virtual joint with a couple of characters or more than a couple of characters. I've got Dave Lane in the house. How are you doing? But I feel a bit institutionalised if I'm oh, honest with you. Yeah. What's that? Well, I'll just... Just not not been out. Well, you know, we've been in the virtual joint for, for way too long, mate. We mm. need to get into the real world. We need to get out of this spaceship and back into planet 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 pride. Planet 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 pub. Yeah, but you know, to be fair, January and particularly February. February is a really tough month because that's when they seem to cram all those games that you that you miss. If there's a, a bit of a you know, if there's some games called off in December or January, they put them into February. Like, you know, and all of a sudden the football league doubles you up in February. So all of a sudden, you, like I said, you go Saturday, Tuesday. Saturday, it literally is. It's like Groundhog Day uh, for me at the moment. Now, um, there's only I mean, 450 fans at Forest on Saturday. You know, good call out there. Um, over the last five matches, 13, 1,350 miles travelled to watch the bees in How the many? last month. 1,350 miles. Mm-hmm. 
that's um, that's quite 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 a lot. So it's quite mad. So you could imagine, like you know, sitting down there and you're thinking, actually, I'm just, I'm on a train. Oh no, no I'm, I'm I'm in the back of the coach. Oh no, I've been I've dropped at the bottom of the M1 trying to walk home at three o'clock in the morning. So uh, yeah, definitely all over the place. But it's a good position to be in. But um, we've also got the Liberal who's who's back with us again. And Liberal actually quite likes a virtual joint, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, because for me, it'd be more than thirteen hundred and fifty uh, miles covered if uh, I, if I'd been to all the games. Uh, but that's the last. Hello. That's the last Tuesday night um, long distance travelling, isn't it? So, um, for yeah, well, apart from those those of us who have to long distance travel to their own game, but uh, yeah, I made it back from uh, Forest, all right. You did. You, you did indeed, and you were you were looking pretty chipper. If I, if, I, if I may, last night. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, well, you know, it was uh, it was a good night, and it was good to good. The forest is always a good place to go. There are good pubs beforehand, and uh, I managed to uh, managed to fix myself up with a decent hotel afterwards. So yeah, no, I had a good night. Good night all round. It was, and again, if you've never been to Forest, again, there's a little tradition that we do, and we go to this one bar first of all, which has got a canal running through it. So you've got the canal boats and this canal running through the actual pub itself, and everyone's just sort of sitting around drinking beer like, like nothing else has ever happened. So that was a that's you know, just tradition as, as as you go to Nottingham as well. That's a bit of a laugh uh, there. Were you were you, th- were you there last year, Bill? Uh, no, I wasn't there last year actually. No, I thought that I'd sort of swap places with you. So I thought if you can go last year. <laughs> and then I'll go this year, and you don't go this year. Is that fair enough? Okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've been three years running. Have you? Yeah. You at Sheffield? Oh, I, if I was there last night, I would have been three years running. <laughs> Four years running. Four. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll move on. We'll move on because we'll bring the Dutchman into this because the Dutchman always likes to. He just likes to level us and steady us out as all this petty pickings goes on. The Dutchman, how are you? I'm very well, thanks very much, Billy. Very well indeed. I'm sitting here in my virtual joint, smoking a virtual joint, uh, drinking real red wine, and very much enjoying your banter. Okay, well, thanks very much. (laughs) Obviously, um, you know, we know that you weren't um, too too well the last sort of year, so obviously, this is virtual joint is for medicinal reasons, obviously. Uh, Please tell us. That's only virtual, please. Oh, yes, okay. <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. So, we've had a good week anyway, have you? We've had a good, good, had a good week relaxing and sort of chilling out and catching up on Bees news and stuff? Yeah, catching up on the Bees news and enjoying our resurgence and um, very much looking forward to the um, remainder of the season, really. Excellent, excellent. We're, so, we're, we're, we're perfectly poised in 12th place, I've noticed. Perfect. We, we, perfectly poised. Well, we are perfectly poised in 12th place, but however... We are only six points off Norwich City, who are in eighth place, and we've got a game in hand over them. That game in hand is the Wolves game that we got on Tuesday, another Saturday, Tuesday. So if we win that one, technically we're actually three points off Norwich. <laughs> Bill, have you been doing what I've been doing? You've been staring at the league table. Have you been looking, looking at the league table going, 10th place, 10th place, give me 10, please? Oh, well, I just well, I I don't, I don't want glance. 10. I want 10th because that's it's t- top 10. Top 10, that's, that's like really proud, top 10, it's t- that's where you want to be. The thing is that top 10 is really proud, but top 10 is actually, I think, completely and utterly achievable, A, because of the way that we've been playing, B, technically because of our running, and C, also, um, you know, okay, we haven't got those, the only team that we've got to play left is Huddersfield, but also we are not only six points of Norwich, but we're 10 points of Fulham in seventh place. Now, Fulham, I believe, are actually going to go into the playoffs, but if they don't, We've got to play them towards the end of the season, so that could be a little bit of a shifter between the two of us. Hud- Hudders- yeah, Huddersfield, 
Well, you realise what will happen. The Fulham game will be when we knock them out of the playoffs. That will be the that will be the real beauty. I, I did I did I did think during the week. Do you remember we played Huddersfield first game of the season? There was a tweet and it was a it was a cartoon and it was a Huddersfield fan saying how brilliant a Huddersfield were going to be this season, and we ripped the piss out of him. And um, actually, he's been really, really accurate. Well, <laughs> so it shows you sometimes these Twitter freaks are right. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Crystal ball man. Apart from dogs, of course. Yes, well, yeah, that's right. I've heard there's, like I said, dogs have had their phones confiscated over the last few weeks and dogs have been very, well, not that quiet, Muzzled. Yeah, muzzled to a certain, well, there's been a bit of dog moaning going on. We might talk about that in a little bit. But anyway, let's go back to the weekend. Let's go back to these two games, one on Saturday at Ipswich, which was an all right game. And then we go to Tuesday to Forest, which is a brilliant game. Um, we drew at Ipswich, we won at Forest. Let's go back to the pubs and the clubs and on the terraces and hear what the fans had to say after the game. We're at Portman Road. I felt we could have won it. Yeah, I felt we could have won it. I mean, I'm, I'll be happy with the point at the start of the match, but um, I think uh, we were dominating throughout the match and I think taking it off... Uh, um, uh, uh, Canos. Canos really killed it for us. You know, we were really pressing. We had the opportunity to score. And I felt, I just felt that that just killed it off a bit. But overall, I'm satisfied. Probably one of the most impressive teams in the division. We play great football. And it is disappointing we don't have enough shots. I think that's, that's our weakness. That's our only weakness because the shape was fantastic. We were the better team on the day. Just didn't have that sort of like cutting edge to really... Um, <laughs> put the game to bed like we should have I mean, we should have we should have that was there for the winning we all knew it Ipswich fans knew it a lot had left before the game had finished I thought we edged our luck at times particularly the second half I thought Brentford were much better in the second half than us and more organised I thought we probably had the better of the first half um, I think we rode our luck for the first 10 minutes or so I was a bit worried what the um what, what it was going to turn out like after Brentford had a few good attacks then we seemed to start to get on top of it a bit more that's when we got the uh, opportunistic goal after that not particularly second half we didn't really create too much more and I think I was more worried that Brentford were actually going to get a winner really at the end today you, I mean you're above us in the league so we thought we might get something out of this at home we got Tom Lawrence back but it, it didn't happen for us today not at all. We always score first. We, as Ipswich, we always score first, but then hold it on after that. We don't do very well. And, uh, I mean, what, 44 minutes you scored? So back to level playing field, isn't it? One all. <laughs> there were spells where we were holding on. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, we were, um, Yeah, it was give or take second half, but there wasn't much in it. It was, it was flat all round. And I think you've done well from last season to where you are this season. Your, your team's playing well. So, yeah, we'll see where we are next season. I, I think we could have done. I'm definitely not disappointed about the result but having said that there was a attempt off the goal line cleared by Ipswich and on balance I probably think we could have nicked three points here but I'm certainly not disappointed with going back with one all um, at the end of the day if we'd lost we certainly wouldn't have deserved to have lost today Ipswich were nowhere near as strong enough or as good enough as we've known in the past and certainly from some of their comments pre-match about them being the passing team uh, I didn't really see a lot of that compared to what we were doing to them. We're walking out the city ground. They got two goals back in there, but they were not never in this game. They were never in this game, though, were they? Not in this game at all, mate. Another comprehensive away win at the city ground for the 
bees. Out this world, son. Out this world. East Midlands bees. East Midlands bees. East Midlands bees. <laughs> Since the man's come back from Spain, what a difference he's made. And the team's playing with a swagger again now. Yeah, but the whole team's got confidence now. We're playing the ball out from the back again, which we weren't doing in the first half of the season. It's made a tremendous difference, the confidence. We're a far superior side, I've got to say, footballing-wise. Yeah, Forrest often puffed, played little bits, but we looked at about triangles, passing game, we're a far better side. We deserve to be 3-0 up. Great result. It's a disappointing ending, really. I think they'd have been happier with a clean sheet, really, which, which the performance deserved, to be honest. He's given sort of some of the youngsters a chance, which is good. You know, I'd rather see that than them sitting in the, in the, in the B team and not getting a, a shot at it. This just maybe just switched off a bit, and I think we were a bit tired near the end, possibly because of the pitch on uh, Ipswich. I don't know. Well, you scored goals. That's something that we never do. So, um, yeah, it's very different. <laughs> you look like a team who are used to playing with each other, played with a bit of confidence, and they all knew what each other was doing, especially going forward. I think you give Forrest a bit of credit for fighting back in the last 10 minutes. I mean, they were poor the first 80 minutes, you know, and you've got to give them some credit for fighting back at the end. But uh, Brentford looked really good going forward on the break. I haven't been to all the away games this season, but that's definitely the best away performance I've seen from the Bees this year. Um, but I've got to be slightly disappointed that we gave away the two goals. because. Yes. Actually, Forrest, you know, didn't deserve those two goals at all. And we switched off a bit. Uh, did we become complacent? Did the changes throw us around? Um, did it mean that there was a bit of a problem uh, at the back? And it was disappointing to lose two goals. But, hey, you know, let's be positive about this. That was the best beastful away performance I've seen this season. I'm really happy with it. We've got up two places in the league. Come on, you bees. So the fans of the pub? both at Ipswich and at Forest were pretty delighted with Brentford for those games and pretty delighted with Brentford over the past month where they've seen an absolute turnaround in the way they've been playing their football. And uh, everyone's just happy at the moment now, which is, well, nearly everyone's happy. There's a, it's been a bit of whinging to be honest with you, which I don't understand. Each to their own. And we're not going to, you know, listen, we're not going to sit down there and wave your fingers at people. But sometimes you sort of think, why are you just moaning just for the sake of it? I mean, we're, we're playing good football. There's some great things going on. To be fair, the manager's turned it around. The players have turned it around. We've brought some players in. They're doing some great things. So, listen, why don't people just enjoy it and have a bit of a laugh? But Ipswich, I mean, Ipswich was a was always going to be a bit of a tough game. You know, Ipswich aren't great. And, uh, like I said, what's interesting is that we go up to Ipswich and they were... We were told beforehand that they're playing passing football, they're playing a different game, so we were looking forward to this, you know, rubbing our hands, thinking, hey, bring it on, Ipswich. And they started the game off, they started to play the little pass of the all around a little bit and playing it out from the back, and then they sort of went, oh no, actually, this is probably not a good idea. <laughs> and next minute, they were hoofing the ball up there and playing it down and, and targeting in the middle and just, you know, just trying to get the ball up there and... Uh, and that's the way that they play, and they just realised that they couldn't fight fire with fire, Brentford, and play our game, so they started to play uh, their game. And uh, got, got, got a very fortunate goal, but a very well-taken goal, and then after that they had their backs to the wall to a certain extent, but we didn't, to be fair, we didn't have as many chances as we have had against all these other games that we've had. Um, Canos had a shot off the post, um, didn't quite happen, and yeah, it was gutting, because technically we should have beaten them, but it's one of those games where you look at it you think, OK, we've got a draw, over the sense of a season, sometimes these things happen. So, bit, 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 bit of a shame that because another three points would have been lovely. But you know, it didn't. And then Forest on on Tuesday night. I mean, it's 
what, what a great you know you just got to go to Forest every year because at the at the moment now we just we just never lose there we just win we win there all the time it's like we don't even draw anymore we just win at Forest and they must be sick to the backside of us like you know and uh, we went up there we just just started we played great football we scored a fairly early goal I think it's within 20 minutes you know great goal again and um, the team was just playing great football Canos was good you know um, Sawyer's great passing ability and also what's really good about Sawyer's as well you know, he, he sets up goals and also you go to games like Forest and it was only about 450 beast fans so you, you don't get the people that just slag him off and get, you know and this is not I don't get about it he's a Brentford player so it's quite nice when you go to these games there's only three, 400, 450 fans there but they're kind of properly into the team so they weren't slagging off you can see that they feel more comfortable they play better they're not worried that they're going to get somebody shouting at them and screaming at them and, and, it, and, it, and it really worked for us and that, that Forest game was, was a truly a joy to watch. I know, Nick, you were saying that you thought it was the best away game you've seen all season, didn't you? Yeah, it was. I haven't been to all of them, but it was definitely the best best performance. I mean, we, we were 3-0 up and absolutely cruising. And actually, even on reflection, even when we the subs came on and we lost the, those two goals, there was no way Forrest was going to get back into that game. Um, we, we would have shut up shop or I think probably even just... Uh, up the uh, tempo another five percent and got another one past them. Um, they were a, they were a, a poor team. It, it, two things stood out for me last night. Um, one serious and one and one not so serious. Um, and just I've got to say this in view of the discussion we had on the podcast last week is that it was very disappointing to see that one Brentford fan had to be cautioned by the forest stewards and by the police for some of the homophobic abuse that um, he was directing um, at both fans and players um, and um, credit to the Bees fans who actually reported it to the stewards, less credit to the other Bees fans who had a go at the stewards for, for intervening. But anyway, that's, you know, we had that discussion last week, but I was glad to see some people acted on it. Uh, more positive note is that uh, Sawyer's, I thought, was really good. And I've only seen, this was only the second time that I've seen Rico Henry. And he is a real prospect. Um, he is going to be a long-term prospect for Forrest at left-back. What worries me is that um, we've got strength in depth in the left-hand side. Have we got the strength in depth on the right-hand side? Uh, you know, there are all sorts of rumours floating around that people might be moving on. Um, so, you know, our defence was looked better last night. Um, some people are going to laugh, but uh, I thought Harley Dean uh, being back in the centre of our defence was actually helpful last night. Him and Egan had a really good uh, partnership going. All round, it was a very good performance. Um, and I, I, I mentioned about Sawyers. I think also, I was at the Ipswich game, but watching the highlights, that pass that Sawyers did for our goal at Ipswich, ah, that was one of the best things I've seen this season as well. So I was really pleased for Sawyers that he got that in. Again, yeah, and it's funny as well when we talk about that. So saying that though, it was a few fans, but somebody started up going, yeah, there's a few people having to go at Sawyers at Ipswich. And again, it wasn't, I think it was online, so I don't know whether or not they're there or not. So it's like they couldn't see him play, but it's just, I just think sometimes people get it in their heads about something and you can't get it out of there you know you can't get it out and no matter what happens like you know there's one person who i think brentford brentford won obviously forest smashed it brilliant play beautiful football and the first thing that this person said is goes i know 
Gary Smith, his tactics are terrible, his substitutions told you, te- terrible tactician. And I just thought, is that the first thing that you can think about? We've absolutely played Forest off the park, we've taken a couple of players off or three players off to rest them and brought some kids in with 10 minutes to go. And the first thing you could do, instead of saying brilliant game, whatever, none of that, it was just terrible tactician. So maybe sometimes people just get these things fixated in your head and you can't give it up. And it's like we said before, and we said this earlier, well, last season, I think it is, sometimes you just kind of want it to fail because in, in, in your head, you've always said it's going to fail. And at the end of the day, is that, you know, when times like when things are going all right, get a little bit quiet because it hasn't gone to your plan. And it's like a really strange thing because why would anybody want who supports Brentford want them to fail I kind of don't get it myself Laney uh, you're absolutely spot on some some people have taken really extreme positions on what's going on and, and, and they hope that their position is going to be right in the end because you know we, I think we've always been in the middle ground we're, 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 we're happy to give people the benefit of the doubt we can see the bigger picture we can see that there's progress being made overall really you can't expect everything to work out so you know there's people that are kind of like like holistic they, they, they see things in its entirety there's other people that are really ingrained in their positions and they just like they 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 really really put themselves out on a limb and we, we know who they are um but with with Dean Smith, I think he's he's pulled it back. I think he he did make mistakes, and I think you know with people on this podcast and you know Nick Nick's being one is being very vociferous about Dean Smith, and I, I know I'm not knocking him. You know it, it's he's, he's right he's right to call it, and you know playing five at the back wasn't working for us, and Yacht are coming back. You know some people are saying like you know. It's almost like, oh yeah, but if it wasn't for Yotta, but it wasn't Brentford's decision that Yotta went back to Spain. You know, we, we backed our player, we, we supported our player, and we gave him the opportunity to sort his family out. You know, we never envisaged this position where he would come back and be this good, um, because we did, I just didn't, it didn't, I couldn't see a, a time where he would come back. But we've, we didn't, we didn't send him to Abar. We didn't say we don't want you anymore. We didn't make any mistakes. He's come back and he's proved to be brilliant and things have aligned. At the same time, we've broken our transfer record and bought Canos back. You know, we, we paid two and a half million quid for Sergio Canos. You know, we, we have, we've started to back the dream. And, you know, Joseph Zoom coming in, again, another quality quality player that's that's come into this team so all of a sudden we've got width we've got um we've got um uh, uh creative flair we've got um we've got vbay who who's been knocked and who's been criticized to high heaven who comes in and he puts a shift in, in his natural position and he, he's scoring goals he's scoring two goals in in games quite a lot it has to be said um, so we've probably got Vibay is probably worth five or six million quid now. So he's, an, he's another one on this conveyor belt. You know what on earth is Yotta worth? We have to get him. Up, we have to get him under contract. Canos, um, obviously his hours. Josef Zoom, we have to. We have to sign up. So you know, we, all of a sudden things are looking bloody good for us. The Dutch. Yes. I don't, I don't have a problem with people having different opinions. I. I find it annoying when people are so intransigent that they can't change it. You know, Smith hasn't got things right all the time. 
and, and everyone knows that. But when he gets them right, people seem to be unable to to change their mindset and give praise where praise is due. I mean, how can anyone not be watching Brentford at the moment over the last few weeks and enjoy it? You can't constantly hark back to a bad result six weeks ago. You should be looking at what they've achieved in the last few games. And to go there, you know, we're disappointed. We're getting a draw at Ipswich, for God's sake. You know, we've outplayed Forrest at the scoreline, you know, belies the extent of the, our superiority on the night. And I just struggle with these people. And as I think you say, some people, I don't think they want us to fail. They just want to be seen to be right all the time. I mean, this is the most exciting Brentford team. I mean, you can say, as Laney's just said, you know, oh, it's only down to Yotta, but most great teams are built around one or two players. And Yotta has come back and, you know, we, we didn't dare dream that he'd come back to be the, the, the person that he was before, you know, dare I say, even better than he was before. And, you know, he's come back and done it. And why, why don't you build a, a team around people like that? The, the, the speed of thought and the speed of feet that, that Yotta and Canos showed on, on Tuesday night against Forest. Yeah, that, that's a different league to what we've seen at Brentford over the years. And I, I fail to understand why people just don't enjoy it. Stats don't, stats don't lie. Um, and it's worth looking at what Yossa's record. Um, since he's come back, he's got ten. He's made ten appearances, eight starts, seven goals, four assists. And I think what's really interesting is looking at Vibe's um, record since Hope had moved on which he's got five goals, two assists in six games, which, you know, shows that together the, the whole team is gelling on and means we have a bit of excitement. I just want to pick up something Dave said earlier, um, me, me being critical about Steve Smith. I still, still say on the touchline with, with him, because um, I'm not convinced is that he knows exactly what his best team is. I think he's been able to, he's been, uh, no, I, I was going to say he's been lucky, but that's, that, that really would be a step too far. I think he's had to, he's had to evolve a style using players that he's, using the players he's had to work with. Um, what will be really interesting is I think now, um, you know, he's, he, he's, he's with us, he's signed a new contract. Next year, there's a whole lot of promise and really we've got to start delivering on some of that promise um, in the 2017-18 season. Yeah, I, I don't, I can't, I can't begrudge you any of that comment. You know, I, I think it's, um, it's about, it's, it's all about performance, it's performance, it's all about results. Um, I think, I think he's answered his critics. You know, I think, I think a couple of months ago, a month ago, we were all on the, on the, on the edge of the, edge of the, edge of the um, fence, and he's, he's pulled it round. And I, I do, I do believe it, some of it's forced upon him. I think, I think Yotta's reemergence has made him make 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 us a little bit more attack-minded. And I, I, I just think we are we are probably an emerging team in this division now, just just as we were this time last year. And we 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 realise we're not going to go down. We realise not we're not going to go up. And we're we're going out there and we're kind of playing expressive football. It's almost like it's almost like we we, we did what we had to do in the early part of the season and we we got enough points on the table and now we know that we're all right and we're gonna go out and play like we probably should have done throughout. It's almost like we haven't quite got the confidence to play for the for the full nine months like this. If we if we play for the full months like like this, we'd probably be where Reading are now. 
not where Brighton are now. We're, we're, we're probably beyond, we're probably pushing the playoffs. And may, maybe next year is what we learn from this year. Let's just, just go for it. Let's go for it. I mean, you talk about Reading, you know, the, the, the vibe is at the moment now that Reading with their form and uh, they were probably pushing above their weight. The, the, the vibe is that Reading are probably the team actually going to drop out of the playoffs because, um, well, you know, from, from, from what I can hear, the vibe is that they're just not really having it. And, and again, we've said this from time. Fulham may be the team that actually sneaks into the playoffs and we may have something to say about that as we play them towards the back end of the season but I mean we could go wax lyrical about our team you know we could say how wonderful they are they're playing great football when, when you really actually kind of feel it is that it's not necessarily when you're saying it it's when other people are saying it and over the past few weeks all of a sudden people are starting to talk about us again probably like they were doing sort of two or three seasons ago so we play Mick McCarthy and we played them and Mick McCarthy said it as a sort of very dour voice. To be quite honest with you, Brentford should have really won that game. They're a very, very good side. He admitted it. He knew what was going on there. Um, Gary Brazil, who was the Forest manager, has said he just said, you know, they're a very good side and we, you know, we just did we didn't do the things that we should have done. You know, so that was very good. But also what was really good is obviously as fans, we have a you know a lot of respect when other fans actually tip their hat to us. And to be fair to the Forest fans, we went to Forest again, we played them, and they had respect enough for us to actually not only um, when Hotter and Canos got substituted, I think it was 15 minutes before the end, the Forest fans actually applauded them off because they thought that they were really brilliant. But also we've had comments on forums and on our Twitter with Forest fans coming on there just saying how brilliant we were. You know, so, you know, this guy Ravi, wonderful to watch, slick, fast, passing, fluid football with every player having good technique and comfortable in the position. I found myself applauding the second goal and by the time the third went in, it could have easily been six. This is the way the game should be played in 2017, in my opinion. And that's Ravi, uh, a Forest fan who came on, which is, you know, he didn't have to say that, but he did, Laney. Well, you know, fair play, fair play to him for being honest, but, you know, these Forest fans, they've, they've seen us come there and conquer over the last few years so um you know the, these these guys aren't mugs they they know their football and that let's not beat them up over like champions of europe let's not beat them up over you know they're a, they were always a smaller club in a bigger bigger fishbowl so that what they achieved um in winning the the football league title as it was then the, the you know the league the the, the first division title then going on to win in Europe, you know the Malmo, the the you know that that those games were all they're ingrained in my brain as a kid growing up. They achieved amazing things. So those those Forest fans are educated fans. For them to say that we are a good team, we're a great team. That's what they're saying. We can we can cherry we can sprinkle superlatives on what they're saying. They're saying we're a very good team they know a very good team when they see one. So for them to say that, let's lap it up because they are the fans that we need to take notice of. We don't want to take notice of Leeds fans or or not or Newcastle fans. They're just, just they're just, you know, glory hunters. We deserve this. Forest fans, they know their football. For them to say that we're a good team is something that we should be proud of. So cheers. Cheers and I mean, talking about Forrest as well, and Nick, I've just, I've just, it was interesting, 
Um, we played them, and again, from the off, we were just all over them. I know a lot of people sort of say, Forrest, they're all over the place now, their owner is, is mad, and he's spending, and he doesn't spend, and he's sacked everybody, he's brought everybody in. But they, they've had a fair amount of money, they've spent a load of money. I mean, they got, you know, they were in trouble about a year and a bit ago, because they, uh, you know, they, they'd spent too much, so they put a little bit of a, a kibosh on them, but they're back again. So, you know, their players, they're not, on, they're not on silly money. I mean, I know for a fact, because I know, you know, a couple of their players are on, you know, we're talking about sort of kind of, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18,000 pounds a week plus, I think. So this is no, no muggings game going on here. Um, you've got Brit, Brit, look, Brit on longer, and it just goes to show you how things can happen. He was uh, the shining light, came up from Peter Brown, went up to, 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 uh, to, 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 to Forest, five million pounds they bought him for. And that kind of started that whole scenario. Remember where it was like, oh my God, five million pounds for uh, a Division One player. Then the prices started to go up and up. You had the Cormac and all this stuff. Now, Asamba Longa, we thought, all right, okay, this geezer is hot. He got injured. He's been out for a while. He's come back. And he looks a shadow of his former self. He hasn't scored a goal again. And, uh, and he's out there. And it goes to go, just to go to show you the situation. Because obviously we've had, you know, a couple of players. We had, you know, obviously Hogan. You know, Hogan was out for, you know, long period of time but he came back and you know we knocked him into shape so it just goes to show you how that situation can possibly affect you and I'm I'm actually quite surprised how our forest are a little bit you know all, all over the place I mean Nick I mean what, what did well, you think well when the summer longer went off last night I remember you turning to me and said go I hadn't realized he was on the pitch I mean he was that anonymous um, before he was substituted you couldn't have uh, you wouldn't have known he was there remind me Bill or Dave, what's the situation with Hotter's contract? Well, Hotter's contract basically, we've got a clause, so it's Brentford's clause. Um, um, so at the end of this um, this summer, we can activate another 12 month clause, which no doubt they will do. I mean, it's just going to happen. So we can automatically, it's, it's in our hands because we sent them away for a year, so we managed to get a year extension on it. So he's going to be on the same contract for another year, so he's going to be out of contract in technically in uh, the summer of 2018. So this puts us obviously into the situation where this summer, ideally, you would like your players to sign if you're in that scenario when you've got a year left contract. Because this is the problem we had when we got promoted from uh, the Championship and then a lot of the players were in one and two year contracts. You think, oh, that's all right. But by the time you played a year, you're thinking, oh, my God, I've only got a year left on that contract now. What do you do? You've got to make a move. Into, so, the, cha- into the Championship. Yeah, into the Championship, yeah. So... With, with hot, you know, with with the, with the hot scenario, as you as you see, most of our players now we've put them on what three, four, even five year contracts, which gives you lots of flexibility because two years in you can actually make decisions what you want to do. We've got we've got a bit of a scenario with Hotter because obviously he's one of those oldest older school contracts that we had, so he's got a year left on his contract and it, and his value's up. So within the next, I'd say six months to a year well even from now there's going to be moves trying to be made to actually kind of obviously try to bring him on board but you know it's going to be between the club and himself and his agent as to how that spins out I mean I was asking the question because um, Dutch might have a a view on this but I think that his value has increased even before the last time we had him Um, I think he's made such an impact on the championship and there's no reason why he can't do it in the last 10 or 11 games that we've got left of this season is that I can see some some of the so-called bigger clubs coming in and waving some silly money at us in uh, in in the summer 
Um, and you know, if he's if somebody comes in and offers the fifteen million pound that Hogan was uh, being offered, um, you know, do we take it? I wonder where the Dutch has a view. Well, I don't think you, you know, we're never going to get away from that risk that people are coming with silly money um, to offer those players away. I and mean, you, like, you like to think there's some loyalty there, uh, but you don't know. I mean, clearly Yotta loves playing for Brentford, but how could you stop the guy getting a Premiership dream? I mean, answer to your question, is he a better player? I think, you know, we, I, I can say from previous podcasts that I was on, I, mean, I, I was so scared of him coming back because he was probably already my favourite Brentford player ever. And I just didn't want that to be tarnished with a, you know, a substandard return. And, all of a sudden, you see, I remember coming on sub first game back against Eastleigh, you know, be it non-league opposition, you could just see what the guy was and then he still had it. I and mean, within two or three games, he's up to those standards again. I mean, just watching him on the ball, his control, his, you know, his understanding of the game, his speed of thought. He seemed to be off people's radar, didn't he? I mean, even, even that, that year we had, there wasn't really people talking about buying him. There was people surprised, they hadn't really heard of him. Um, but no, we didn't really kind of fear that anyone else was going to buy him at that point. But clearly things have changed massively now. I mean, he's starting to get some press coverage. Uh, and, and it remains a risk. But I think all you can do is protect your players, get them on longer contracts, which we're doing on the whole. And you know, were silly offers to come, we're all realistic enough to know that they're going to be difficult to turn away. But let's just enjoy him while he's here. See, I'm not, I'm not sure he'd want to go. Um, I think he's made his mistakes. I think, I think he's... Uh... You know, I think he went back to La Liga and I think he thought maybe or he hoped that things would end up being better than they were. He's come back and um, he's almost like returned as a prodigal son. He He's seen how much he's loved by the fans and I know we're not the most vociferous in the world and it's not like he's got like 20,000 people behind the goal screaming his name but what he's got, I mean, it must mean a lot to him. And in the way that the way that Canos has come back, and he knows where his bread's buttered, I think I think um, I think Yota probably does too. And is it still a stepping stone? You know, he he will go on, but he was he was at risk of ballsing up his career. And what he's what he's been able to do is come back to Brentford, recalibrate. So he's you know he's found he found himself in a comfortable place. Um, surrounded by um, a setup who uh, are there to better him, and um, a small but <laughs> brilliant fan base that adore him, and he, he's, he feels in a position where he can come and express himself again. So I, I don't see, I don't really see why Yotta would want to risk that so soon again. So I, I, I don't know anything, but I would, I would wager that he would extend his contract. Um, and he will be here next season and probably the season afterwards where we'll probably sell him for a, a hell of a lot of money and it would have to be to the Premier League. You know, There, there are clubs that in this division that would probably tempt him. Sheffield Wednesday, Leeds, you know, they're, they're, they're a big spending club, Brighton. He could, he could go there and excel, but I think he's best off at Brentford and then go to the Prem. The thing is, um, I mean, just to clarify, he's going to be, he's going to be here next season. I mean, we are going to extend his contract, so it's, it's regardless, he will be here next season anyway. It's after that. Um, for us, and I can, this is probably a good point for us to sort of kind of look at sort of next season and where we're going, because this is a bit of a key point, and with Hotter, we all love Hotter, 
and it is a difficult scenario because we know obviously we've got the scenarios we said that people come their way checkbooks in front of players and they move on and especially if somebody is like you know even sort of half or quarter decent that's the case obviously hot is a very hot player so people uh, will do that but also kind of with Brent you know with Brentford you know you've got to look at where where are we because um, obviously two or three years ago is it three seasons ago we got into the playoffs of the championship um, to go to the Premier League so we got the playoffs and we did very well coming out of Division 1 and we were set up right to do that. You can feel that there was a momentum and then things broke down to a certain extent we had to go to a bit of a rebuild. It feels to me like we're coming back up to that point again now. You can feel that the players are there, the players in place, players are starting to feel at home. You know, players that people wrote off, people like Nico Linares, absolutely brilliant, scoring great goals, doing really good things on the side. He can either be in the side or coming off the bench. You've got no worries about that player being inside there. Sawyer's loving or hating, but he does some great things for, for, for the club. Some games he plays and he's brilliant. Other games he could be, you know, slightly, but he's still adds a lot to it. You've got Hotty, you've got Joseph Sumfura, very, very good at the moment now. So the question is, you've got to ask, because the reality is that, yes, yeah, people come and they, they buy our players and then you put it back in the pot, but at the end of the day, the owner, you know, he's still spending money, right? And the only way we're going to get out of this is if we actually go up to the Premier League. So we've got to actually have a push at some time. And you know, what, you know when it's close, when that time is going to come, you sort of think, Right, that time's got to come, you've got to have a go. And obviously three years ago, we had a go. Some money was put into the pot. Um, you know, money, you know, the, the, some money was put into the pot there. And uh, we went out, we tried to put some more money into the pot in January, but that didn't quite happen and, and things happened and we moved on. But, you know, maybe this is the time where they'll look at next season and think, this is our moment again. The moment the window has come. So maybe they'll look at the Chipotle situation and they'll deal with it in whichever way they have to between him and his agent and them. You know, maybe, I don't know, maybe they say, look, just give it a go, Hotter, listen, we're going to go for it this season, be here for the ride, and he might just say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do it for another season, I'll be with you, I'll, you know, I'll stick with you. I, I don't know exactly what it may be. So, um, you know, that's, that's, that's my fault anyway, like, you know. I mean, Laney, your thoughts? I'm normally, it's not Laney, it's Nick, I'm normally a cautious individual, but I say that if, if it requires it, we ought to uh, break our wage cap for, for Yotta um, to, 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 to get another year out of him. Because I agree all that you said is that next year, let's have a real push. Um, we've got a squad um, with the possible exception of the right back, as I mentioned earlier, uh, that can really, uh, next season, push us into playoff positions and you never know, even automatic promotion. So let's go for it. But uh, that may involve us taking some risks, taking a gamble. One of those gambles might be breaking the wage structure to make sure that Yotta is happy because he could be the linchpin of the team. Um, Yotta, Vibe playing up front, Shabu coming on. Oh, there's some uh, prospects there, aren't there? So I'm going to ask the question as well, because while we're on the question of Hotter, uh, who's uh, been nominated, has been shortlisted by the way as well for the PFA Player of the Month. Um, I must have missed that one as well because by the time I, I clicked on the link it's already, it already gone. So 7 o'clock today we had to vote by. So we'll find out on Thursday, I think probably tomorrow whether or not he's got it or not. Uh, will Hotter be nominated PFA Player of the Month? But Hotter got to ask the question, is Hotter the best Brentford player ever? I mean I know Nick said that he's not the Messiah. Um, so maybe he's not the Messiah, but is he the best Brentford player ever? Dutchman. He might not be the Messiah, but he's he's not too far off it. 
Um, is he the best Brentford player ever? I think it's, we, uh, we've talked about this before, haven't we? There's so many different ways to judge a best player, be it longevity and loyalty and commitment and the rest of it. But if you're asking, is he the most skillful Brentford player ever? Then yes, I think with, without a doubt. And I think now he's back and we've seen a bit more of him. He's definitely uh, the most skillful Brentford player ever. Probably he's a little bit longer before he's, you know, the best valued Brentford player ever. But in terms of the skill level and what he brings to a team, absolutely. I I hate these sort of comparisons because we didn't see the, the players in the 30s and the 40s um, when Brentford actually played in the uh, top division of this uh, of, of the league. So you know um, it's difficult to compare. Um, as I said, I you know I, I've always said Yotter is not the Yotter uh, is not the um, Messiah. He's a bloody good player, but you know. Like I was reading this afternoon, the story, an interview that's been done with Stan Bowles, you know, who sadly is uh, is is suffering from very severe illness and um, uh, isn't the person that he that he was. Um, but you know, I remember seeing Bowles as a very young boy turning up. I, I was a young man, young boy, seeing Bowles turn out in the uh, Brentford shirt and thinking, yeah, that was a great footballer. So, you know, you can't compare. It's all different. I mean, the pace of the game today in the Championship is totally different to the pace of the game that was played in the 40s, to the pace of the game that was played in the 70s and the 80s. So it's difficult to say, but uh, all I know is that it's a pleasure going to what, a Griffin Park or the away grounds and seeing Yotta rip, rip one um, of the opposition. Um, I'd stick my neck out and say that he is the best Brentford player of all time because um, he's clearly the best Brentford player of this this squad, um, and that's knocking not knocking anyone else. Um, he, he's clearly head and shoulders above most. That's what that's what he's brought to this team. P pl other other players have, 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 have pulled them pulled themselves up by the scruff of the neck. Um, so I'd say he's the best Brentford player of the current era, and this current era is absolutely the best Brentford team of all time. Um, it is head and shoulders above anything that happened in the 30s and 40s, um, and that's not dissing um, our forefathers. It is a fact that they're fitter, they're technically better, they're gifted. They, these guys are athletes, these guys are better coached, they're better equipped, they've got kit that doesn't doesn't weigh two tons on them. They've got football football boots that don't don't weigh a ton. They've got football footballs that don't give them outtimers. The, these guys these guys now are the best best technically footballers that we've ever produced, we've ever seen at Brentford. Um, so I say Yotta, absolutely. Carl Blanche is the best Brentford player there has ever been. I mean, for me, Hotter, great player, brilliant player, and I think you know, sort of harking back to what Blaney said. Yes, I do think so, but also there's for a number of reasons. I mean, I look back to back in the day when, when Dean Holster was there, he was a particular type of player, but he scored a load of goals for Brentford. And if you want a striker, that is what you wanted. He scored like, was it nearly 40 goals, 39 or 40 goals in one season? There's a hell of a lot of goals to score in one season. So you've got to look at that and sort of think you are a very good player for Brentford. But what I think is interesting about Hotter is that he brings a lot to the club, not only about himself, like you know, he, he plays really well, he scores the goals, he plays the ball in, he's lots of assists, but also he lifts the whole team. So it's almost like kind of like he actually makes the whole team better. And I think if you've got a player who actually makes the team better, your value 
is, is loads. Um, we've, we've got other players that we've had in our side who've been brilliant, but what they've done is that they've been brilliant, but sort of quite individualistic. So they're great, they might have scored lots of goals, and there's question marks about Hogan. Hogan, great, but there's a lot of question marks about what, what was his team play like? How is he with the rest of the team? How did he bring him in? Hogan, but, you know, not, not get him because each to their own, but he's very sort of self-centred. You know, he'd go for it, he'd go for goal, he wouldn't bring the other players in and stuff like that. And you kind of felt a kind of little bit of a kind of, it's about me type vibe with Scott yeah. Hogan. Not being negative about him, that's just no, the way you, that he is. You're, you're right, Bill, you're absolutely right there. With, with Scott Hogan, there was always a little bit of ag. You know, if it wasn't going his way, you know, right, rightly at the time, it, it always it always balls out the player that didn't play the pass or the or, or whoever it was that was responsible for not putting the ball through to him. I don't see that at the moment. What what I see is more of a team at the moment, and um, that that is that is better. It's a healthier situation, and you know, it's it, for Brentford, it's a win-win situation. So we've got a player who was technically selfish. Um, and who, who was um, ridiculously efficient in, as a goal scorer. You know, you, you put the ball in front of the goal and he, he'd convert it, he'd net it. Um, so, you know, we cashed in. We, we got a lot of money for, for Scotty Hogan. But what we've got now is a team that scores more goals and it's a better team to watch. Yeah. And, and just coming on to the team as well, because we'll talk about Hotter. Um, other players as well, just Vibe. We've got to talk about Lasse Vibe because Lasse Vibe started off the season terribly. First of all, he got his hair cut, which is the old Samson effect, so that went horribly wrong. Went on holiday to Brazil for a few weeks as well. Came <laughs> back and he was just like, you know, he's on the sunbed for a couple of months, so that was a horrible <laughs> you know? No, no, listen, but you, listen, he'd probably even say that now as well. And it took him a little bit of a while to get his mojo back played. As he said, in the wrong position, he liked to play up front, but didn't quite so with Scott Hogan as in front of him there. Um, and, and he got you know, a fair bit of stick but the fact is that <laughs> you've got to look at other teams there are many fans from other teams and many managers who would absolutely lap up for eBay and put him if Brentford said tell you something you can have him now they would take him tomorrow and they put him into his side and he's one of those players where he kind of scores a couple of goals for one game and disappears for another game and scores another couple of goals so he kind of like he sort of disappears that but he still is a very effective player for us and what he does interestingly is that he's he causes problems he's all over the place he's pushing and hurrying back and shutting people down and doing lots of stuff which is basically creating space for other people to do other stuff and creating place for hotter to come and do his thing and you know and joseph soon to do his thing so <laughs> maybe people well, sometimes don't see that that game but you know to me vbay um is very very much earned his place and earned his stripes in the brentford team and even if it got to the situation where we had got another striker, we brought him in. You know, to bring if you know to, to bring off eBay off the bench, you got to be thinking after 70 minutes of thinking, God, blimey, you know, I'm having a laugh here, aren't we? I've got to say, eBay is a victim of other people's success. Um, he, he's been in a team where he's been kind of not bullied. He's been um, he's, he, he has to adapt to. Play other players that have been more prolific because they've been played. You know, we, we predominantly we were playing one up top, and it, we, with one up top, Vibe's been played out of his his position or his preferred position, his natural position. I don't know which one it is. So, you know, we we had Andre Gray, then we've had Hogan, um, where you know he's played second fiddle to those two, yet he's still been prolific. You know, we could all come up with 
I, I can name 10 V-Bay goals now where I, I'm just gobsmacked by you know, how good the goals were, how, what a poaching instinct. Yeah, he misses goals too. Andre Gray missed loads of goals before he got signed by, 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 by Burnley. So Andre Gray, with, with better PR, I would, I would wager is worth seven, eight, nine million quid. And we have to, we have to make that PR happen because he's not getting any younger. So Andre Gray, you mean Vibe? Yeah, no, Vibe. That's what exactly what I meant. No, you said you no, said Andre Gray, but yeah, you mean Vibe. Sorry, yeah, I meant, I meant, I meant, yeah, I meant, I mean Lasse Vibe. So Lasse Vibe has become a prolific goal scorer for Brentford, and a prolific goal scorer in the Championship is worth. We know what they're worth. So what 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 is he worth, Nick Carthew? What is Lasse Vibe worth? Absolutely no idea, because uh, oh, I, I think... Give me a number, give me a number, come on. Give you a number. At the moment, I would have said probably six million. But, you know, and I hope somebody... Six who, million quid for someone who gets slagged off, that's I, amazing. I, I, hope somebody, I hope somebody is at this very minute who, is a, who reads Danish is going through his Twitter feed as well to make sure there's nothing incriminating on there, because his value can only go up. <laughs> so, look, the Dutch... I think Vibe is an interesting one, isn't he? I mean, I—I'll be perfectly honest as I've had doubts over Vibe sometimes, but as I've said in the past, I've never criticised the guy because of the effort and the work that he really puts in. So, you know, I think that's—that's that's why the fans have taken to him. A, because he's got a catchy song, and B, because the guy works very, very hard even when he's not performing. But there have been many, many games where I think he's been a bit of a weak link. But back to what I was saying earlier about praise where praise is due. Over the last few games, you know, he's gone back to that prolific run that he had. Last season, you know, at a similar time where we picked up and moved up the table, and you know, how can anyone criticise him at the moment? What's he worth? I'm not sure. I'd go quite as high as six, but you know, he, he's certainly a, a valuable Championship player, and, and he's he's not somebody that I'd want to lose. Is it is it any coincidence that this time last season that we gave him the confidence to be number one striker, and he scored loads of goals, and he, this he... this time this year? We've given him the confidence to be number one striker, and he's started to score lots of goals. It, I mean, it, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's the best striker in the world. Okay, don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is, if you give him the confidence to think that he is the number one man, he he seems to he seems to become the number one man. Well, I, I mean, I've said it for I've said it for a long time. He is he is a confidence player, and when he gets in confident mood, he goes on this goal scoring run, which is what he's doing at the moment. And that's why you know I think people getting on his back, he gets low, he gets worried, he tries and you know he tries too hard sometimes, um, and that's what he was doing earlier this season. Now he's playing a more natural role, more natural game, and he scores goals naturally for fun. Sorry, Dutch, I interrupted you. Sorry, mate, no, I interrupted you. I was very polite, aren't we? virtually um, I just think whoever plays up front for Brentford at the moment this is this is an exciting Brentford team because we create lots of chances you know this Brentford team probably creates more chances than any other Brentford team I can remember over the years and you, know, you, you will score goals if you can finish up front and whether that's as, as, as Laney rightly says Andre Gray missing you know one in scoring one in three uh, or Vibay you know one in three I, I agree entirely I think people pick on VB more perhaps his misses are a little bit more glaring he seems to be a bit of a nearly player sometimes but you know whoever plays up top for Brentford what's, 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 wrong, what's wrong with his misses <laughs> she, she plays up she plays up top so so listen so it's interesting so you're saying that so I mean we create lots of chances and just coming back to this whole point because 
you know, there's, there's, like I said to you, there is going to be a point where you're going to have to go for it. You know, Brentford are, you know, Brentford haven't been sort of kind of sticking around sort of at the bottom end of the table, you know, as we expected when we first came there, sort of 19th, 20th, 21st, you know, um, you know, 18th, you know, we've kind of been, you know, at the moment we're 12th, but we'll probably end up about 9th, I'll be honest with you. That's my opinion. We'll probably end up about 9th. Maybe even eighth, you know what I'm saying? But that's come that's, on the top ten. Yeah. Come on the top that's, ten. That is where we're going. So all of a sudden, it's like we are a team who kind of technically could be going for it. So, question to you again is that next season, are we going to be going for it? Is this the time? And what do we need to do to do that? So next season, I'm lumping on whatever I can afford. That Brentford between February and April are going to be the one of the most points-achieving teams in the division. I think we'll mirror this. I think we'll be safe. I think we'll be um, quite conservative with a small C and not to annoy the Liberal. And, um, and we'll do whatever it takes to survive in this division. Then we'll kind of... We'll be a bit more adventurous. I think, I think we've got dispensation for another season with, with standing. I think... I, I, you know, if, if I'm honest, I think there's a little bit of treading water until we get to the new stadium. Um, you know, whether that's it's not it's based on nothing, but um, I, I, I do think that we'll we won't push for won't push for it until um, we're a year away. I think I think the, uh, the, the 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 fantastic news and credit to the club for the freezing season ticket prices for next year that they announced today, um, you know, probably accords a bit with what Dave was thinking about. You know, um, although there will be extra revenue in from TV money, I think next year as well, which will probably make up for what we don't lose on the season tickets. But what we need for a good run is we need a bit of luck. And we need no cards, and if we can get that next season, if we can start off next season. Uh, from the August to October, November, with the luck and with no injuries and no cards, then you know, given given our form is always better in the second half of the season. You never know; really could push it on. I think the only thing I would say is, um, you know, if you're going to go for it at some point, you need that basis of a, of a team, and we're looking at this team and being quite excited by it. And I mean, I'm not privy to the inner workings of Matthew Benham's mind, but there's a squad here that seriously could do something in this division with a little bit of additional investment. And the danger is if you wait to the new ground is will you have the core and the basis of the team that you've currently got. So, you know, we've got the players, we've all been saying that we've got a lot of these players now, Yotta excluded, on two, three, four-year contracts. And, you know, seemingly there you've got that opportunity, potentially, um, to, to kick on with a bit of investment. And it's, it's his money and not mine. So it's not for me to say how we should spend that. But clearly were we to want to step up we do need we still need some better players than what we've currently got in certain positions um, you know because like this this team in its current format isn't yet good enough to challenge for promotion uh, but it's not a million miles away and there'll be some you know some favourites and players in there that we actually rate quite highly but probably we can still do better then uh, and that's the harsh reality isn't it you know you see someone like Rico Henry comes in you think you know, he's probably better than Tom Field at the moment you know harsh but that's what you need, and that may be the same potentially with Vibay. It could be with Nico, or it could be with the sense it could be could be with anybody. But you know, there's going to be some brutal, harsh decisions that we need to make if we're going to step up. But I just think there's enough of this team now on longer-term contracts, uh, with with age on their side, where you know it would perhaps be uh, in his thinking that there's an opportunity now 
to tweak and in, enhance this particular team and perhaps have a go slightly sooner than that. Yeah. I mean, and, I, and I agree with you, Dutsu, as well. I just think that, again, when the opportunity comes, we, when we're good, you know, we're good. At the moment, we are good. And you've got to take that window. Like, I mean, I was talking to Huddersfield guy, and you see, I'll talk to, to Greg in a minute now, and I talked about him, like, you know, they've got their opportunity now. They're doing very well. If they don't go up this season, is it going to be similar to us, where we had that year, we didn't take it, we didn't go for it, and the next minute, you know, the team gets broken down and you spend another two or three years building it up again. With us, if the window of opportunity is there, we're owned by a gambler. The gambler knows about windows of opportunity, so when he sees it, I'm sure he's going to go bosh and go in for it. Yes, we all know we need two or three extra players, but to be honest with you, we've just, been, you know, we should have beaten Reading, who are, what, in third place now at the moment now? We're better than Reading, you know what I'm saying? We're betting with Reading, we'll see what we're like against Huddersfield, but you know, maybe those two or three extra players would take us on par with them, or even where Brighton are. And that day, when you are that close to being those players, why aren't you going to go for it? Why do we need to be in a new stadium to go up to the Premier League? We can go up to the Premier League in this stadium, and everyone can come down there, we have a right laugh, you know what I'm saying? Then we build a new stadium. So, to me, you know, I believe that next season, I would love to see us going for it. I don't see why we can't go for it. I'd hate to see us lose after these players and let's start again because that's just so kind of soul destroying to a certain extent um, I think we need to go for it this season but anyway good chat lads and good little conversation there and talking about going for it we've got Huddersfield coming up at the weekend so um, we'll see how we fare against a side who we're quite similar to it in very many ways the fans the team the way they've built their team you know the way that they play their football we'll see what it is so we're going to chat to Greg from Thrice Champions, the Huddersfield podcast, to hear what he's got to say about his team. So the games are coming thick and fast. Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. It's like Groundhog Day at the moment now. So we're just back from Nottingham. Absolutely peeping tremendous trip up to Nottingham, that was. Great result up there. And now we've got a team who's a little bit nerve-wracking, actually, because we went up there the first game of the season. We thought it would be easy pickings after beating them 5-1 last season, but it wasn't easy pickings at all. Huddersfield Town. And things have all changed at Huddersfield this season, so we thought the best person to speak to about that is Greg from Thrice Champions, the, the Huddersfield podcast. He knows all about them. Greg, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm not bad, not bad, mate. I'm buzzing still after a little or Tuesday night in Nottingham. We, all, we do like a little trip to Nottingham. Brentford have been, haven't lost there in about 11 years, I think it is, so... Uh, they don't like players as a sub. I think it's win, 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 uh, and a draw somewhere um, in the last few years. So uh, it's, it's always good to go up to the old county, to the old, uh, yeah, to, to the Forest Stadium up there, like, you know. So, uh, but how are you? You good? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a bit sick and tired of football now. We've had uh, six games in 18 days. So uh, uh, the fans are getting a bit bored of it, and I, I'm sure the players are a bit tired, but it's, it's the, the joy of having a cup run. Yeah, I mean, and the cup run, we'll talk about that in a minute, in a minute but I mean, you, you actually have been having fun this season. I mean, I've got a question there. Did, did you see this coming on on that sunny day in August? There was the beer and the food festival in the square outside the station. Loads of Bees fans turned up. Had a really great day, brilliant day. We thought we were going to go there. We thought we were going to wipe the floor with you after last season. You beat us 2-1. Did you actually see that coming? No, I don't think a lot of us did. I think at the start of the season, our kind of hope was, like, We've had four years back in the championship at this level. Every year, relegation scrap. Let's just be mid-table. Let's be happy. Let's progress. You know, and I think a lot of us thought top half 
at the start we had, I think a lot of us then started thinking maybe top top ten, but it's just it's gone from strength to strength, and uh, to to be in the playoff mix is brilliant, and to be six points off top uh, second, should I say, with a game in hand, you know we've we've still got an outside chance of automatic promotion. It's mental, it's really mental. But I think the seeds were sown last season. We saw what we could do, but the, the players' fitness was never there. So when we, when we played yourselves at the end of last season, we played a couple of sides. I think Bristol City absolutely battered us as well. The players' legs had gone. We got a bigger squad, we got better players, and, 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 and suddenly it's all come together. And I'm just wondering, is that is, is it as simple as that? Because like I said to you last season, you were so-so, you were kind of middling to, to bottom so you may be relegated but now you're not really going to be relegated like the, we smashed you City we smashed you you know and you were, you were fairly you know easy picking so what have you put your turnaround to? We signed, we signed a dozen players in, in, in the summer we got a really Rolls Royce centre back in Chris Schindler who, who's you know our defence is, is the reason we're, we're so good we're another gritty 1-0 win against uh, a, a tough Aston Villa side uh, last night and, and the, the quality of players has really helped and, and not only that lone players um, we, can't, we can't go and splash the cash on all these players Aaron Moy uh, from, from Man City he's probably, probably been our best player this season he cost Man City several million pounds we, we haven't got that money we've got to compete in different ways so Tap the German market. We brought in really good quality loan players from uh, Premier League sides like Man City and Chelsea. And for some reason, a bit of magic from a coach who's who's had time to work with the players who are already there, got rid of the ones that weren't good enough or didn't buy into his ethos, and it's all come together brilliantly. And, and you know we're having to fend off other clubs from our, from our coach now, but I just. The worst can't describe it. I mean, you you had that success when you initially came to the championship when you got into the playoffs. So you know how it feels to kind of be the surprise package. Yeah, I mean, again, we do, and I think that's quite interesting. I mean, there's two things, there's two parallels there, which have you know probably come to. I mean, the first thing is about you know the fact that you bought 11 players, and we know uh, bringing in lots of players at one time it could either go very right or it could go very wrong. The big bang theory is, it is where you sort of introduce all these players at once. Sometimes it takes a bit of time for them to actually kind of get used to uh, playing that division, get used to the style of football, getting used to the managers, getting used to lots of things. I mean, we had that problem a couple of seasons ago where we brought in a load of players um, and it took them a, a very, you know, Bebay, who everyone's sort of raving about now, it took them about nine months to get up, you know, get up to speed. You know, Rico Nunaris, we had him before me and he was there before him, but it's taken them time to get up to speed. You know, so a, a number of our players, it's really taken us you know, a good season for them to get up to speed. So how come you guys seem to kind of hit the floor running? I think integration might be a bad part of it. At the start of the season, uh, Christian was playing alongside Mark Hudson. Now, um, I'm, I'm not a fan of Mark Hudson. He's, he's on his last legs as a, as a professional footballer, but as a, as a leader and his positioning, and his, uh, you know, you don't lose that. You might lose your speed. But if we're playing alongside him, I think it really helps. Schindler, Moy playing alongside Jonathan Hogg. Hogg's been around this level of football for five or six years. He does the dirty work, which allows Moy the space. Um, you bring in young Casey Palmer, uh, who, who initially joined, and we got Izzy Brown later on. Izzy Brown's already had a bit of experience with Rotherham. They've just settled in straight away. Some of the German players, they went up and down. Um, but I think the key thing is we've done our research on these players. They're hard workers. They all speak the language which, you know, we, 
you'll see Sergio Aguero on TV having to use an interpreter. You know, the, the German lads we brought in all speak good English. They can interact well with each other. And a lot's made of this um, Sweden trip where they, they all went away for three or four days, didn't they, phones, had to like, go out in the wildlife and catch their own food. But I think that's the kind of way forward. Bonding sessions. You see the team bonding sessions that you get where you know you paintball or something like that. But they've been living together three or four days. You've got to get on. You've got to get to know everyone. You need to find everyone's strengths and weaknesses. I think we do that, and, and that kind of integration techniques really work. But our, our football director, he's got a Stuart Webber, not director of football, but something like that. Maybe director of football operations. He, he needs a lot of praise here because he's the one who went out and found David Wagner he's the one who's been going out and finding these players and um, research has gone into them is brilliant because you see clubs in this, this league have always like flirted with four foreign players but most of the time they've been pretty poor yeah so basically research you've got a director of football guy who basically obviously kind of knows what he's doing um, you probably you know they probably use tools I mean I don't know, everyone talks about the fact that we use a lot of uh, stats and, and research to go in there to find our players as well but there's no doubt that you guys probably seem to be doing the same thing as well which is, which is all good but just coming back to your FA Cup run that you talked about I mean was that was that that must have been a bit of a laugh wasn't it it was fun um, we got lucky for the first time in a couple of years we haven't grown Charlton already which is kind of nice um, so several draws against uh, teams in, in, in lower leagues and a nice big time it's Man City um, um, kind of didn't come at the right time because it's coming to this thick run of fixtures we've had this month, past month, and uh, we kind of had to put our second team, as people put it, put it out against in both and both the games. But um, to hold them to an ill-nil draw at home when they've got Aguero playing, um, you know, it says it all. And we might have been uh, battered away from home, but we 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 still created problems for them. We should have had a penalty. We scored the first goal. But you know they're a half a billion pound side, but it, it was a great laugh. It's yeah. the kind of run that you want to have when you're middling in the division, but not when you're trying to go go up a division. But uh, it was a great laugh and got a couple of good afternoons out. Excellent, excellent. Do you think the question though, obviously, because you've got the cut run, you had the replay, and you talk about those 18 matches, you know, the 18 days and the matches that you just had to play in that. Do you think you might sort of tire? You know, as you're going into the back end of the season, you know, having played too many matches, do you think this may be a bit of a problem for you? Yeah, but on the other hand, David Wagner, uh, he's got a degree in sports science and he's got a regime that's working. I think last season he probably didn't understand the rigours of this division. And we all know it really well. You know, I think English coaches know it well where you can't really train much if you're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. So he, he's... Um, I mean, after our win against Leeds on TV, the players want to train. That's yeah. the kind of coach he is, you know. He yeah. wants to get recovery done, he wants to get players with him for coaching. He, he, because of his background, he, he knows what's needed. We've got a good squad, we can we can pull one or two in and out. But, it, it, you know, we've got international break coming up. And I think if we can get to that international break, I think that's when we can sit back and say, right, we've only got a couple of on international duty. That probably the one key player is away with Australia, so he's, he's going to be the other side of the world. But yeah. aside from that, I think we'll be all right. My worry is uh, going to a playoff campaign because anything can happen. Yeah, that, that, and that is the case as well. So, I mean, 
I mean, you talk about players, there's not, as I said, there's not actually really that many games to go. So do you think you can sneak automatic promotion? Heart, head says no. Um, heart says yes. But it's going to do with any other fan. Um, Brighton, I can see him choking again. You know, they've got injuries. They've lost uh, uh, Duffy at centre-back. Suspensions coming up. And, you know, they've got two or three players who have come into the side who haven't really played all season. You never know what happens, and I mean they got absolutely uh, smashed at the weekend by by Nottingham Forest. Nobody saw that coming. They um, so they're they're, they're our targets. Um, plus, it, you know we're pretty much nailed on. So uh, anything happened that we, we we've been in a couple of years ago back in, in League One. We 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 saw the highs and the lows of that. So it is a real lottery. Anything can happen. The year we should have gone up, we lost in the final, and, and the year we probably didn't deserve to go up, we we won in the final on on penalties in a, a terrible shootout. But yeah. anything can happen. You know, but we've got a tough game against yourselves. You're in real good form at the moment, you know, but you're scoring goals as well, um, and we're not scoring many at the moment. So so anything can happen, and, and Saturday's going to be a really huge test because we really need six points for our next two games. You do, and, 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 and I'm just wondering as well, because we've obviously been there before, you you get a bit of a win, you become the surprise team, you get up there, you play some great football, you get the playoffs, you know, we're talking about, you know, you possibly sneaking automatically, if you don't you get the playoffs, then it's a lottery, you don't step out, you know, you don't do the business then. Um, we've seen that you can, not say go horribly wrong, but all of a sudden is that people buy your best players, you know, you, you can't, you know, hold on to them, and the, and the team may, may break down, and... Is that a fear that you might have at this season if you don't go up, that you might have to kind of start again and go for another two or three year cycle? Because we've seen that. I think so. But I think the one the one thing we're going to lose, I think we know we're going to lose our lone players, but there's always more. Uh, it's the coach. Um, he, uh, Aston Villa were tapping him up when, when they sacked um, Dinatera early in the season. Uh, Wolfsburg have come in for him by a Leverkusen, apparently sniffing around him now. If we get into the Premier League, well, none of that's going to matter because he, he started the project and he, he'll be able to you know, bring in more players that he wants, improve the squad. So that's the big loss, I think. Uh, Naki Wells, because I've always been interested in the last few seasons, he's not signed a new contract, so we could lose him as well. So there is that worry, but I, I genuinely do believe this is our one opportunity and we've got to take it. And, you know, we signed a couple of players in January, which improved our squad, but I, I, we're still missing, I think, another option up front who can win a battle in the air. We played a turgy game against Aston Villa uh, last night. It, it was bad. Um, they patterned midfield. They, had, they made us play more direct. We can't do that. So, uh, well, there, there you go. If you want to beat us, do that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's, yeah, that's not. I don't think that's the style of football to be honest. No, it's not. That's, which that's, is lucky, but I, I, I've seen it with, with Brentford. You've lost key players. You, you see it all the time. The surprise packages. They start picking picking their talent up. Leicester City people went in there and tried to raid it. And this summer, they lost Kante. They lost You know, the, the money talks. It's, yeah. it's sad, really, because I think teams like ourselves, we play. Good football. We try and play the right way. We try and do it the right way, yeah. um, and often we get we get sold out because um, you know your Newcastles of this world have, have 
Barcelona money in Premier League um, payments because they can get relegated, which is which isn't right, but yeah. it's what we live with. Yeah, it is, and, and yeah, and it's interesting you say that because obviously we're feeling, I mean, as you'll, you'll see, when we talk about that, but. Brentford are playing some brilliant football now. We had a really turgid, horrible few months. You know, November, December, January was just horrible where the football we were playing wasn't great and the results weren't great. We've turned it around playing some great football and uh, we've scored a, a load of goals. But we're, so we're feeling that our opportunity is coming. The team that we've got now is almost there. We need to add maybe two or three players. And next season we think we can, you know, just like you guys, compete. We'll be right up there. You know, there's not much difference between sort of kind of where we are now and probably eight, seven, six position you know we look like far off them off the points but you know Wednesday we went and competed against them you know Reading we smashed off the park you know you know Forest the other day it was like it wasn't 3-2 game it, was, it was, should have been 5-0 to us but we let them back in we've got a youth team players in the side and you know they came back and got two very late goals but it wasn't really you know it wasn't really nerve-wracking at all so you know Brighton you know we almost took six points off them we took four points they scored a last minute equaliser and they're delighted to get a last minute equaliser against Brentford you know what I'm saying We've been doing really good. We think next season is going to be our window. So it's going to be interesting for us because that means we're going to have to try and keep this team together, make sure that no one nabs them. So we'll have to do whatever we need to do and then we'll have to move forward. But like I said, big test for the Bees, big test for Huddersfield. 20 goals we scored in the last eight matches. We've also interestingly scored 27 goals in the last 12 matches since our top scorer, Scott Hogan, stopped playing for us. So, uh, you know, he's a top scorer, but then he leaves us and he's actually scored, you know, stops playing for us because he stopped playing for a few months before we actually transferred him. He's actually scored 27 goals in 12 matches, like, you know, lost 3-2 to Reading, we were all over them, like we said, yep, Sam said they're the best team we've played all season, should have buried Brighton. Um, but saying that, we've let in 15 goals in the last eight matches as well. So, you know, that's our all downside, you know, there's a plus and there's a negative. So I'm just wondering, how do you reckon this game will pan out? Personally, I can only see it being a maybe a one-all. I think defensively we've improved massively. That's that's, that's been our problem ever since we got back into the championship. We we never invested in in, in centre halves, and we finally did this year, and we're kind of reaping the rewards for it. You're a good side, but you can see. I remember being in the pub uh, after the league and right, yes, yes, and trail absolutely mental game. You're a good side. I think it'll be a a score draw. Um, You never know what can happen in this division, though. Um, We nearly lost. Well, we nearly drew actually with 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 Rotherham a couple of weeks ago. You never would have thought that. We we snatched a ninety-second minute winner. Anything can happen. You're in good form. I'm going score draw. But you know, yeah, we know all about that. Side better than mine. Yeah, we know that as well. We played Rotherham last week and we didn't snatch a 90, uh, uh, 90th minute winner. We actually snatched two 90th minute winners. It was a two-all draw on 90 minutes and we actually scored two goals in, the, in extra time uh, with Richard Hotter in the last minute, which is a very famous chant for Brentford. You'll probably, hopefully, learn all about that on Saturday. But Greg, it's wicked to talk to you, mate, and it's really good. And I'm actually, you know, to be fair, I've got to tip me out to Huddersfield. We like going up there. Great away day. Great fans. We have a good laugh up there. Um, I know that you are not going to hope me to say this, but we actually do hope we go back there next season. But we do also wish you good luck in your uh, promotion um, quest because, uh, you know, rather you, you up there than a few of those other teams to be got to, which are, you know, you're actually sort of kind of going, stunning more for the sort of underdoggy type thing. So good luck for that, mate. Cheers. Um, yeah, and uh, I don't know if you're coming down on Saturday, but if you do, you know, come down to our booster and uh, down the globe and you can uh, just share a beer with us. 
No problem, will do. Thank you very much. That was great from Thrice Champions Podcast. Good little bit of banter there as well. And uh, yeah, do we like the Huddersfield? Um, there's something about Huddersfield. I know they beat us back in the day and we were really unhappy with them back in the day. They beat us in the playoffs and we beat them in the playoffs and we were really happy with them. And then we sort of kind of stopped playing each other for a while. And there was that little period where uh, Jordan Rhodes played for them. And they were better than us. But now we are... I'd say we're still equal even though they're above us I think you know we're just we're just slightly pipping behind them um, but we do like Huddersfield it's a very very good day out as well and if they don't go up this season um, we should go there next season Blaney we're playing Huddersfield on Saturday it's going to be a bit of a tester for us now do you think we'll be able to do the business I do actually I think we'll rise to the occasion I think Huddersfield have had an amazing year and um, as I said earlier where where they're one of their bloggers was saying that Huddersfield would be invincible this year, and they were they were they were unbeatable. And everyone guffawed at them, and um, he actually was right. You know, so fair play to this Twitter freak. Huddersfield's uh, good run at the. They're, they're actually um, they're not too bad. They beat they beat Villa. Mind you, everybody's beating Villa at the moment. Um, they came across Newcastle. They lost to Newcastle. Um, yeah, no, they're not on a good run of form, actually. Sorry, I thought they were on a better run of form than they are, just but looking back at the results. Um, uh, beginning of the season, as you say, Bill, it was a fantastic day out. And um, I actually did think, if you recall, in the balmy days back in August, that I thought Huddersfield were a good team. I like what Wagner had done there. I think he's a good manager. Um, I think it's quite interesting. It'll be interesting to see whether Huddersfield hold their nerve with him. Um, because I guess he's getting quite a few offers as well. There was talk of him moving around in the January transfer window um, when managers sometimes go as well as players. And I think um, people both here and in Germany, I think it was, were, were, were sniffing around and still the same could apply. So I'm looking forward. I think it could be a cracking match on Saturday. And if it's not the first um, game on Channel 5 on Saturday night, there'll be something wrong with it. Score... Difficult one, this, but I think I think we are on a good run at the moment. We've got some, we've got some uh, confidence behind us, even with the one-all draw at Ipswich coming off the back of that marvellous performance at Forest. I'll go for two-one. The Dutch. Yeah, very much looking forward to it. I think um, yeah, clearly it's going to be a good game. There's not that much pressure on us anymore. We, we know where we are. We are we are mid-table and. Um, I think that's encouraged some of the attacking play that we're going to see. You know, I, I get so excited at the thought of seeing you know, Otter, and we haven't even really mentioned Canos yet uh, in this particular podcast, as I've mentioned at length previously, as we all have. Um, but to, you know, to think that those two players are going to start and you've probably got Flojo on the bench and you know, we're going to have an exciting team. There's no reason not to play in an attacking style and when we've got the ball and when we're going forward, we're, you know, we're more than a match for anybody in this division. Um, they'll give us a good test. But I am confident that we will win the game 3-2. Of course, it'll be goals of goals. And for me, 2-1 to the Bees. I think Huddersfield are good, but they're not scoring that many goals. As you you can't have 2-1, Bill. I have 2-1. You can't have 2-1. I can have 2-1 as well, mate. You know what I'm saying? Double up, will we? I'll go 3-1 then, just to, just to just make you feel more comfortable, you know? Or just edit Nick's score out, Billy, when you do it. That's right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what we do. We just mute you. you now I'll just put in sort of seven. Um, but yeah, seven. I'll go, I'll go three one. 
you know, just to just to just to make feel Nick feel that like he's going to get something this weekend as easily. He, he doesn't come on to us, so we need to make him feel a little bit better, right, you know. So three uh, one to the mighty mighty bees, and uh, yeah, absolutely uh, looking forward to the game. Looking forward to Huddersfield coming down. Looking to see a test against a team who technically we should be very much like next season. So um, yeah, so so that's it really. So um, this is the besotted pride of West London podcast. Um, great week, some very good results, and uh, we're feeling happy and feeling confident. And fingers crossed, we can keep our team together, the nucleus of our team together for the summer, and we can move forward. And hopefully, we'll be actually battling. You know, because I don't see any reason why we can't be like Leeds or Sheffield Wednesday or Reading uh, next season, or even Brighton. You know. Um, you know, we're, we're as good as all them teams or we potentially can be as good as all those teams so besides Pride of West London podcast don't forget that end of season social on Sunday the 30th of April is happening so please 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 go buy a ticket there's a link to this on this podcast if you have a look at the uh, the information thing there's a little link to that so just go and buy that and that'll be all good and there's going to be all sorts of things happening the players and comedians and all sorts of stuff so you know we'll talk about that as well also if you want to go to Burton there's a Virgin East Coast sale by the time you hear this podcast the Virgin West Coast is a sale so go up to Birmingham buy a ticket to Birmingham buy a ticket to Burton from Birmingham and you can go there or you might even be able to buy it straightly from, uh, from London to Burton there on the Virgin West Coast sale and we need to get lots of fans up there and have a little bit of a laugh but other than that it's beside the Pride of West London podcast and this has been great and I feel really good and I'm feeling very confident and the bees are doing very well and the only thing that we can say in the virtual joint because we're going to be back in the pub next week hooray is we've got the boys that we say come on, come on you The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.